0: Open your Bibles. We are, this is someone number five in the series of how we conquer and overcome spiritual lethargy. I pray that in these lessons, there are things that you'll be able to pick that can help you and not just help you, but also help your family and help your friends. Everything you receive here, you can share. Some of that which comes on your platform, you can forward to people anywhere they are because these messages are prepared to help the body of Christ. Therefore, we continue to focus on this great lesson and we pick up on this part two of fervent in the spirit. The reading passage is Romans chapter number 12 and verse 11. But the Bible says, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. This is someone too of call to fervency in the spirit. One strategy to overcome spiritual lethargy is to reignite a fervent spirit in each of us. Andrew Carnegie, an outstanding philanthropist and industrialist said, the average person puts only 25% of their their energy and ability into their work. But he says further that the world takes off its heart to those who put in more than 50%. And he went further to say that the world starts on its head for those few and far between souls who devote 100%. The question today is where do you rank in the Adrokanegi narrative? It is a my personal, it is our personal individual responsibility rather, to make wise choices that will remove us from being average or below average. You, it is your choice. You are not going to be an average Christian. Or you are not going to be a Christian. Living with what can be defined as below average. Whatever you do, whether you are a nurse, you are an advocate of the high court, you are whatever, even if you are just a driver, or you are a messenger, whatever it is that you do, you must choose not to be average. You You must rise above average and what will make you rise above average is fervency. Fervency. So you have a choice to engage with God, read his word, spend time in his presence, and allow him to mold and shape you to a fervent person. You also have the power to live a passionless life. Yeah. Yeah. It's a choice. You, ha- you can live a passionate life. A person who drags themselves out of bed yeah, and takes hours because they have no energy and vitality to drive them to do what they need to do. Talking about being fervent in spirit. So you can choose, you have the power to live passionless, or you can arise and reignite your passion to be a person who makes a difference in the life in your own life and the lives of others. Yeah. It is my sincere desire that anybody who encounters me, I will be able to add value to them. Anybody who ever becomes my friend or somebody I relate with in any way, my desire is to make a difference, and more importantly, to add value to them. Amen. You to appreciate the fact that God has given us total grace so that we can overcome a sluggish spirit. He has a perfect plan to lead us out of the state of slothfulness so that we, have, we are fervent in spirit. Invite you to engage God in prayer every day. Meditate on his word. Let him fill you with the power and anointing of his spirit. You don't want to be an average Kenyan. The average Kenyan does not make any difference. No. Actually, an average Kenyan is a liability to the state because they don't make any, any positive contribution to the welfare of the nation. An average Christian is just a consumer, but they don't deliver, there's nothing they contribute. But it's not God's desire that you remain an average person. You need to rise above average. The Bible is full of stories of how passion set up action, purpose and calling in God's people. I have four examples, but I'm going to take time to just discuss the passion. Of Elijah. But even before going to Elijah, Solomon is described to be a man whose passion made a difference. And it began by him making a sacrifice that got the attention of heaven. Are you with me? He made one thousand burnt offerings. The origins are still arguing whether they were for bulls or for lambs or what was this. But it doesn't matter. A thousand was significant. And after he did this, he drew the attention of heaven. Until God came and asked him, "What do you really want?" Think about that. What did you want? And God was equally amazed at the kind of prayer, his wish. Because he never asked God to give him the head of his enemies. He never asked for riches and wealth. And you know, that is what most people would ask for. But he asked for wisdom. Are you hearing me now? He asked for wisdom. And the reason he sought God for wisdom is that he may be able to lead the people. If there is something that is so much needed, is wisdom. Wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. With all you are getting, get wisdom and get understanding. The reason why people become unfruitful and unproductive in life is because of lack of wisdom. And it does not matter how much knowledgeable you are. If you have no wisdom, you cannot be productive in life. Now, Because wisdom is what gives you what you need to do to apply the knowledge that you have. Solomon had a lot of wisdom. And he was passionate. God was so moved by his prayer request that he told him, I'll not only give you wisdom, but I'll give you wealth and riches. And he was a very wealthy man. Turned out to have been a very, very wealthy man. In fact, his wisdom was so pronounced that kings came around to come and just listen to him. He had so much. The Queen of Sheba is one of those people among those who visited Solomon. And Solomon, because of wisdom, I remember one of the accounts of wisdom is when uh, there was a, there was so much famine, and uh, we we ran about this story about two women who had kids, and uh, one of them ate their own, and the other one. I'm sure we can remember this story very well, and then they were arguing about which which, which one was eaten, and then they argued, and uh, they went to before Solomon and. He said, uh, now, what do you want us to do with this? Do you want me to split this one so that you can have your peace? The one who, whose child, the one a no. That's Solomon because of wisdom. Wisdom. But today I want us to look at Elijah. Let's talk about the passion of Elijah. And there are several characters in the word of God. I usually say that, you know, when we would, you know, heaven, there'll be no limit of time. <laughs> so, so I usually tell myself that after spending a certain number of years in heaven, uh, one of the people I would like to visit with is Elijah. Like to visit his mansion. How many believe there will be mansions in heaven? Of course, we know we read that. David is another person I like to visit with. These are people who really, really stir my passions. But what is so impressive about Elijah is the issues that we find him experiencing when he challenged the prophets of Baal, and I'd like to challenge you to read the book of 1 King, chapter 18, verse 1 to 40. And I just like how a gentleman who just passed on, I think it was earlier this year or late last year, David Jeremiah has written a very, very good piece about the, the experience of The lessons we can pick on how Elijah dealt with the prophets of Baal. But consider several aspects. Here was a situation where they said they were going to know who is the true God. These people believed that Baal was God. But Elijah said, no, Baal is not God. But my God is God. Hallelujah. And so they, were, they said, okay, let us be able to put our gods to test. Let us see who is the God that will answer by fire. All right? And the Bible says that they made two otters. Two otters and they put animals on top. And because the prophets of Baal were in the majority, we find Elijah saying, go ahead, be the ones to begin. Call upon your God to bring the fire. Okay? And so they started calling upon their God. And we have every testimony from the word of God that Elijah did not stay there. He must have gone. To do some other business, then came back, came back to to check how far they had gone in their prayer, in their petitioning. Bow, and, and and no, he knew too well that Bao was not going to make any difference. But for the for the fact that they had said it is him that they trusted. He gave them time. So when he came back in the course of, of, uh, of the day, he realized that nothing had happened. If you read a section like one king from uh, you know, chapter number 18, you notice how he is enjoying the prophets of Baal in verse 25. After they chose the bullocks, they chose which bullock they were going to invite their God to, 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 uh, to bring fire and consume. And they took the bullock which was given them, and they dressed it and called on the name of Baal from morning even until noon, saying, Oh, Baal, hear, hear us. But there was no voice, nor any that answered and they leaped upon the altar which was made verse 27 says "It came to pass at noon the writer mocked them and said cry aloud for he is a god either he is talking or he is pursuing or he is on a journey or peradventure he sleepeth and must be awakened and they cried aloud and cut themselves after, the, after, after their manner, which with knives and last sets and till the blood gushed out upon them. And it came to pass when midnight was past, and they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that there was neither voice nor any to answer nor any that regarded. And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near to him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order and cut the bull into pieces and, unto, uh, and laid it in the wood and said, fill four barrels of water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And they say, and he said, do it a second time. And they did a second time. And he said, do it at that time. And they did at that time. And the water ran round about the altar and filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. Raja the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham and Isaac. Are you following now? Hallelujah. I like this. Remember they have taken the whole day. The other team has taken the whole day. From morning all the day. Or throughout the day. And, and Baal did not answer. Because Baal has no capacity of answering. idol. But now, he wants to demonstrate to them that his God is the true God. And he wanted to make it so difficult so that they can see the miracle. That is why he asked for water to be put. So they put water, put a of water. The Bible says, it came to pass, at the time of the evening offering, of the evening sacrifice, that Elijah... The prophet came and said, "Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that Thou art God in Israel." Hallelujah. That is one of the statement he desired that these prophets of Baal would know that God is God, and I want you to know why God will do certain things for us is because he wants to prove he is our God. God would like to make a statement about who he is. But I like Father when he said, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and I'm your servant. I like that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I am you are a servant. You know, you're not, you're not just an average person. You're not an ordinary person. You have a God. And your God is Jehovah. My God is Jehovah. And our God answers by fire. Our God is mighty and everlasting. Our God knows no impossibility. And our God is reliable and dependable. Our God can be counted on. Let all men be liars, but let our God remain God. He is powerful. Hallelujah! He does not change. Everything else may change, but Jesus never fails. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God. Hallelujah. Yes, let it be known. You are God. Father, let it be known. Hallelujah, that I am your servant. God has no difficulties in demonstrating that you are His servant. God has no problem in demonstrating you are His child. Now, hallelujah, and that I have done all these things at your word. Hallelujah. This is a great account. You know what is going on here in the account we have? It's like like one man against the world. Have you ever felt as if everyone is against us as Christians? With immorality spreading. Doesn't it feel like many people are against the truth of the Bible? Elijah felt the same in his day. In the time of Elijah, the nation of Israel was ruled by King Ahab who did what was evil in the eyes of the Lord along with his wife Jezebel. You can read this in the book of 1 Kings chapter 16. In fact, King Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel who were before him. If you read One King, chapter 16:33, and he read the people to turn to bow. A pagan God, reject the Lord, the only true God. The problem of a righteous' day is very similar to the problems we face today. It's not so much that we have rejected God, we have just made him a very small part of our lives. Yeah? It seems that we, some of us have reduced our God to be a God, a Sunday God. He is our church God. We put him in a little section of our lives, but not as the one and the only true God. We worship him and we also worship others. Yeah. And I know, I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about. I remember here. I still would never forget in my wooden office. Some of you may not remember that. There was a wooden office. Amen. It was there. And a gentleman who used to be a member of this church I can't mention names. Walked into my office because the wife had accused him of keeping some things associated with witchcraft in their house. Now, are you following me? I want to substantiate that people, even if they recognize as a god, they look for other gods. So this is this is not. I didn't read this. This is an experience I had here. And so I summoned the so-called gentleman to my office. And I asked him: Is it true that your wife has discovered Kunavitu Umeweka Mahari Kwanyumba? And the gentleman said: Yes, it is true. Haia. Nikweli. Nikweli. Lakini mchungaji, iyo siyo si ya kuwa dhuru. Iyo ni ya ku, ni kuwa protect. Ni, ni kitu ya kusaidia. Let me ask you this. You think God need any other thing to help you? No. God is enough, more than enough, hallelujah. And that is why why we dealt with the fears that were ravaging the country around COVID-19, the way we did. And you may never know the things that we had to conquer. I will still never forget getting calls from people to give me examples of what is happening elsewhere to try to instill a sense of fear lakini ni ngumu okay that is that is the fact but i have the truth it reminded me about a song that time that we sing in vernacular that says even disease as an animal haiwezi kuni inaona niki moto yeah hallelujah inaona niki nini moto God reminded me that the three Hebrew children were subjected to a fire was heated how many times? Seven times more. And when they, they went into, were thrown into, that, into that fire, immediately Jesus was the fourth man with them there. Hallelujah. It reminded me that the God who protected the three Hebrew children is able to protect us from COVID 19. He's able to protect us. And so, God led me to a passage which, where I developed about 10 sermons about the experience of Paul. Hallelujah. How God was going to save him from the storm you cried on. And how he was told he had to start before Caesar. Hallelujah. And I knew that this corona will come and go and will revert safe. Hallelujah. Because our God is God. And God would like to demonstrate to the world that we are his servant. And I don't want any example you give me. Keep it to yourself. But I know that God hears and answers prayer. And God deals to people according to the measure of your faith. Yeah. If you open a window, you Corona itaambatana na Lakini ni murango Your only safety is faith in Jesus. Don't be moved. Ata ukizkiya relative, yako, aime ipata. Usemayu oni relative. Mimi, mimi, namu mungu. Amen? Yeah, I had all kinds of people. You say, you know, Pastor, you cannot say like that. You need to be careful. In fact, I had one person call me, say, Pastor, because of your age factor, Can you consider recording your sermons at home? I told that person, I am sorry. I am going to be recording in church. I have a very good facility that I want to enjoy. And it, it, is, it cannot be moved to my house. Hallelujah. So just keep that opinion to yourself. Amen. Yeah. Why? Just faith. See, we go to vijana tulikuwa na going hapa. Na are we walikuwa hapa. every moment we were coming here, we're Na sisi Yesu Amen? You know there are people who quarantined themselves. Not the government who quarantined them. They quarantined themselves. And the media, the social media is terrible. I mean they created a scenario and things were being securated, do know So, we, we were faced with a, such a terrible thing. Huh. But you guys, some sections of the country were so upset about the government regulation that people were being kept from church. Are you following me? And I'm told, even our, our president, to, for him to have said that he was going to allow 100 people. That was not their advice. I say just open some little more. I said, oh, no, no, we can't. At least 100. May God bless his heart. But even when 100 people are supposed to come and we open our doors, the Mayor, how many showed up? I think on that first day, I think we had about 60. The pastors who were calling press conferences somewhere around the country to threaten the government, they have never done it again. Because the people they were fighting for were not ready to come. I'm serious. Some people say now, our church has so many people at least a hundred who are we going to tell to come huh so they didn't open in the first in the preface they opened in phase one are you healing i had a conversation with one of them of the main churches i said but the most people they have had in church is 300 where are people where are our people They are still where And some of them, when we are preaching here in the morning, they have a phone. They have not even taken their bath. They are in bed. Following what? A salmon. They are saying amen when they are still. That is what is called spiritual lethargy. That's what we must conquer. Spiritual lethargy. Spiritual lethargy. I'm not talking about what is happening in Kenya. It's even happening in America. It's happening in Europe. It's happening everywhere. And, And that is why we are praying. That's why we are praying. That's why we want you to pray. Please commit to prayer at least one hour a day. You can pray more if you can, because we need God. We need God to revitalize the church. Let me tell you, I don't know how long it will take for us to go where we were in January. We ourselves as a church, we, we know we, our congregation of people we can call are almost a thousand people we know. But some of them have never come. We have never done that. We promise ourselves never to do that. We only encourage them to do what? To come. That's what we do. Now, let me very quickly, and I'm running out of time, worship in peace to come and take to your position. didn't realize my time had gone that way. Let me very quickly tell you what Elijah was dealing with. Elijah was dealing with false god with false gods. Yeah. The, the people that he was dealing with had believed in falsehood. The prophets of Baal. Called their God many times, until he himself came and called his God. Now there are several things that we pick from this, and I want just to mention very quickly uh, four lessons from Elijah and the prophets of Baal. Number one, all the religions are not the same. There is a modern assertion that all the religions are the same, and they are leading to the same place. It is not true. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. No one can get to the Father except through Jesus. Number two, activity and enthusiasm are not always a sign of spirituality. Activity and enthusiasm, even the prophets of Baal became so Enthusiastic until they started cutting themselves. But did that make a difference? No. Another lesson: faith can be mispraised. So the reasons by David Jeremiah. Faith can be mispraised. Faith is not the important thing that may strike you as an odd. Statement. But faith is not paramount. It is the object of faith. Listen. The object of our faith. Now the object of the faith of the, first, of, the, of the prophets of Baal was Baal. Did it work? But the object of the faith of Elijah was in the true God. So, number four. The faith you live by better be good enough to die by. If your faith doesn't bring you hope and help, you're in a crisis. It's not of much value to you. God builds up the faith of Elijah in the quietness of a brook. The confines of a windows home walking in the wilderness. So when he needed his faith in the big moment, when he drew a line in the sand and chose a side, his faith came through because he truly trusted God. So which side are you going to be on? Are you going to be on the Lord's side? Are you going to give God opportunity demonstrate that you are his servant, Because that's what he wants. That is what God desires. Give God the opportunity to distinguish you like he distinguished Elijah. The question is not where is the God of Elijah. The question we have is where are the Elijah's because the God of Elijah has not changed. It's still the same. The problem we have is that the number of Elijahs of God are low. you need to arise with the spirit that was in Elijah. And be passionate for this God that all may know that the whole world your colleagues, and everybody may know you are different. Because you have God, you have faith in God. Your object of faith is God. And God will make a difference. And God will not only make a difference for you, but will make a difference for those who associate yourself with you. Because you you are a transformer. Anybody who encounters you will leave you excited and ignited with the fire of God. Let's stand up on our feet. Hallelujah. God desires those of you watching on television i want you to know you can trust this god we have seen his faithfulness we have seen his protection i challenge you right now to trust jesus he is worthy your trust worthy your trust Hallelujah. I've walked with him as my Lord and Savior 47 years down. And he has never done me any wrong than good. If you ever met me, you will know he has done me good. I'm challenging you to trust him. Can you make this prayer? And if you make this prayer, communicate with the phone that is on the screen. Let us know that you have made this confession. Dear Lord Jesus, I want to believe you. I want to trust you. Thank you for the sacrifice you made for my redemption. I choose to believe you today. Thank you for saving me. Giving me a hope that no one can take away. Thank you for the promise that you're going to distinguish me as your child. Through a miraculous life that I will experience from today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you are sick in body, I want to pray for you. God, I've preached your word. You sent your word and healed all diseases. I pray, even this very moment, dear Lord, you will touch those men and women, not just in this sanctuary, but those out there. need salvation let them experience you. let them not just experience salvation but healing in the name of Jesus be glorified we pray for this nation we are trusting you for this nation in Jesus name Amen